Hi everyone, welcome back to the BYBB Rewind. Uh, it's episode three, which means naturally we are talking about season three of BYBB. Um, widely regarded, I might say, to be one of our top seasons. Would you would you agree with that? One hundred percent. I think for the longest time, it sort of held the template for being as good of a season as you can have kind of thing, just with the players and the gameplay and the, just the dynamic of the season. Everyone was playing really hard. Yeah, really, really hard. And we had, it had everything. It had um, it had strong uh, returnees coming back and making a mark. It had surprising newbies making a mark. Um, there was good twists. The competitions sort of got more fleshed out. We didn't just rely on competitions that were from seasons one and two. I actively pushed us to make new ones and to explore other ones that had been on the American show. So, yeah, so jumping right into it, I guess for preseason development of this season, we pretty much just... We knew we wanted to be back next year, next year. We were gonna take... We hadn't thought about doing any winter seasons yet, um, but with the strong... Um, with a strong positive reaction of uh, season one and two, we knew we wanted to be back. And so we decided that uh, we wanted to do it as soon as possible next year. So we decided to do it uh, in spring, in May of 2018, right? Yeah, it figures that's when the weather started to get better. Um, I work in a tax position, so it was when uh, tax season was finally over. Um, and yeah, it was just, it just worked out in regards to just even casting just you had started uh your second city conservatory program mm -hmm. and that led us to having a whole new pool of people to deal with yeah yeah um we're and uh, as as you may know um uh, Jacques and Travis from season one were back to play on season three. Was that always going to be the plan? Yes, actually, because most of the time when we ask vets to return, it's because we're having trouble casting or this or that. And it usually happens later in the casting process, like two weeks before the season starts, if we're really struggling, we start to reach out to the alumni and be like, hey, do you want to come back or this or that? Jacques and Travis, we I remember from the get-go being like, they have two spots. They didn't win anything on season one. They played the shortest games. Um, it was just like, especially with the show um, sort of elevating from where it was and getting better and better, kind of wanted to bring these two people back that had a short experience and also could be given the opportunity to be on an even better production season kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we so we knew that we wanted Travis and Jacques back. Um, as for the rest of the house guests, um, like, uh, like Kevin mentioned, I had started uh, the conservatory program at Second City, and I had sort of thrown it out there to my class that Kevin and I were doing this sort of thing. A lot of people were interested, um, but the uh, the two that were available for that weekend were uh, my friend Carly and Rob. Um, and Jackson, actually. Oh, yes. And Jackson. A, a third. Jackson was going to do it as well. But um, morning of, I got uh, a message saying that he was not able to do it anymore and that he had to drop out, which was Fine. Which ended up being fine because our curse of nine um, <laughs> continued. Jackson was our tenth person that season, especially with us having two returnees come, um, and it being far enough away from season two. We did have a pool of people that we could pick from, so we had cast eight people and the two returnees. So we did have ten. So it dropping back to nine really didn't affect it so much because that's what we had been dealing with 
the first two seasons, really. Right. And we didn't know that that would be a trend for the rest of our games, yes. would be nine. Um, so yeah, uh, I got we got Carly and Rob, um, and then we got um, Adam, who was a friend of Michelle Kidd from season one. Yes. And we really didn't know him. Um, we actually met him just once um, at my uh, celebrating I had paid off all my OSAP party, and he showed up with Michelle Kidd. So she sort of talked it up, and we talked to him about it. And so he yeah. agreed to do it. And um, I think he was one that we were afraid we we weren't sure how interested he was because he's not on Facebook very often. So when we got the confirmation that he was going to do it, we kind of never heard from him until close to the date where Aton had to be messaging people being like, you're coming, right? You're coming, right? You're coming, right? All a fallout because of what happened with Luke. We were really paranoid and making sure that people were going to show up. Yes. Yes. And I mean, rightfully so, because we did get a dropout that morning anyway, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so we had Adam, a friend of Michelle Kidd. We had Michelle Nash, who um, I went to university with. She was in my uh, she was in my uh, class uh, for my acting program at U of T, um, and a really really good friend of mine. Um, she's a huge reality TV fan. She loves Survivor. She loves Big Brother. So I knew that I was so happy when she said that she was uh, up for it and available. And, uh, yeah, I was really excited for her to, uh, get a taste of BYBB. <laughs> um, our next player was Barb, mm-hmm. who I believe was friends with Chantel. Chantel. Yeah. Yeah, we'd, we'd never met her. We didn't know her, but, uh, Chantel from season two, um, said that she, said that she had a friend named Barb who was excited and, and into Big Brother and wanted to play, mm-hmm. so we said, sure. Yeah, and she was definitely one that we were, we had no... We had no idea what to expect from her because we had never physically met her. And all we knew, based on creeping her Facebook profile, was that she was a makeup artist. And so then she sent us her memory wall photo and it was like perfectly lit and she had a glow light and this and that. And we're like, oh my gosh, I was like, no idea what this girl's going to be about. (laughs) Especially being friends with Chantel as well. Chantel was a strong personality and, and she was very confident and sort of... And, and the leader of her group. And so we were like, oh, like, is Barb going to be kind of the same way? Like, so it was very interesting to see how she would play. Mm-hmm. And then we had Rich. Rich, And so yes. Rich was the ex-boyfriend of Courtney, the runner-up of season two. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think he, ju- he just heard about it from Courtney and he reached out to me, said he wanted to play. I think he had alluded that he was a fan of Big Brother, but he kind of... Kept uh, kept his cards close to him, um, but uh, yeah, he said he wanted to play, and we were not one to turn anyone away. So we said, "Sure, you can, absolutely, you can come." Mm-hmm. And but, is that is that everyone? I believe that's everyone. Yep, because we got Carly and Rob from Con. Um, we've got Michelle, Adam, uh, Barb, Rich, the two newbies, and. Um. Oh, and Brandon. And Brandon, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and Brandon, who was a friend of uh, Nick and Travis. I think they were. They were all. They were all friends. Not. I don't. I don't think super close. But I think um, Brandon had worked at Snakes and Lattes, where Nick and Travis also worked, and so um, he'd heard about it and wanted to play as well. Yep. So that rounded out our cast. Uh, We had ten people. 
it's always a great feeling, especially even nowadays when we have 10 people going into the night before, because pending a disaster, mm-hmm. which does happen twice in the future, yeah. um, it's, it's gonna work out. Like, we have faith that it will work out. So, pretty much leads us into, it was the, one of the last weekends in May, and it was beautiful outside, mm-hmm. and the competition begins, and everyone starts to show up. Mm-hmm. We tell Travis and Jacques to hide in the HOH bedroom mm-hmm. um, but, um, while all the newbies show up just to get acquainted. Um, and that being said, uh-huh. this is the first, like, this was the first time that we had um, veterans come in to surprise mm-hmm. uh, the competitors. And as usual, it always happens where. A newbie will get here first before a vet. Yes, and, and it was rich. And it was rich. So in this situation, we had to, we always have to, we have two ways of getting around the house. So we had to distract Rich with saying we're setting something up and have him sit in the driveway. And then we we walked Travis and Jacques through the upstairs of the house and then down into the apartment. So it was it's always a super tricky logistics. Yes, yeah. So uh, we managed to pull that little fancy maneuver um, and hide uh, Travis and Jacques in the bedroom while we get Rich here. Rich is the first one to show up. We have him... We have them wait out in the in the backyard. Um, a couple more people show up. I think Carly then shows up and maybe Rob. Um, and then Michelle shows up. And I always make fun of Michelle for this. because So there's like five newbies um, sitting in the backyard just getting acquainted, introducing themselves. Michelle shows up. And she's like, hi guys, I'm Michelle. I'm a huge Big Brother fan. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm doing this. I I never thought I'd be able to play Big Brother. I love the game so much. And in my head, I'm like, oh my god, like, Michelle, no! Like, keep that to yourself. If they're smart, that like that might have made you just that just might have made you a huge target admitting that you're a Big Brother fan. But um you know, Michelle's a charmer, so I'm, uh, I had faith that she'd be able to get herself out of that situation if people were threatened by that. <laughs> um, so, uh, once everyone's met in the backyard, this is pretty standard practice now, especially for newbie seasons that are in the summer. Everyone sits outside, gets to know each other. Um, we don't do official introductions until everyone enters the house. They get to see the memory wall. And, um, yeah, and so everyone piles in the living room and I distinctly remember somebody looking at the memory wall which only had seven people on it and I think it was Rich said oh I guess we all made jury because um, there was only seven people on the board and they were probably all like that's a really low number and I was like yeah this is kind of a low number Um, so we're just sitting there and on the table, this was one of the, uh, the, this is where we started to incorporate themes on the season. So this, uh, season's theme was, um, kind of Pandora's box and sort of ancient stuff. On the walls of the house were all these, um, stone tiles with letters on them. And then there'd be different Pandora's box twists given out during the first round that would ultimately affect the rest of the game. So there is a Pandora's box just on the coffee table as everyone's sitting down and there's a little note on the top that says, you know, open, open me, me if, you, if you dare. And it's always funny because, you know, you always, 
are interested to see if there's somebody that's really aggressive that's just going to do it because they see it. Or, you know, if they all stand around and they kind of look at you and go, can we open it? Which is kind of what happened. Adam looked at us and was like, can I open it? And we were like, we just had to like shrug because we were like, you know, do it. it. Open it if you want. So Adam opens Pandora's box and it has a little rhyme inside that uh, pretty much that says that um, ghosts from the past will come, will be haunting them, and that because he was so brave enough to open the first Pandora's box, that he has immunity for their first round. Yes. So Adam was immune for round one, and he unleashed the first huge twist of the game, which was the the return of Travis and Jacques. Now I don't know if we had a contingency plan if nobody opened the the box and Travis and Jacques were just left in the bedroom for two days. Uh, we would have figured something about i think we we assume that somebody would open the yes box. absolutely um especially it being the first one i mean there hadn't been sort of a negative aspect even though you there's a positive and a negative to each box since it being the first one no one could gauge how negative the negative would be right so travis and jacques come out everyone's like oh my god oh my god and it's always funny we didn't really know how to gauge um veterans coming back into the game because especially because we picked two veterans who did poorly who didn't win any competitions were singled out by the majority alliance and just sort of taken out of the game they didn't really have a chance to be shady or anything like that travis is a very like i said in the first podcast he's very um honest he's not gonna lie in bullshit so like of course, they don't know that, but coming in, I'm sure that they would sort of figure that out right away. Yeah. And Jacques, Jacques was kind of a non-event on season one. Like, he had a little spicy um, eviction speech saying that if the, if the house kept him, he would go after Nick, but then he still was voted out. So that was kind of, it's like he wanted to start playing a little bit more boldly, but was cut off right at that point. So it was interesting to see how they would sort of uh, blend in with everybody. And it became quite clear, as of the first hand of household competition, that there was going to be a swift divide in the house. Yeah, the vets did not seem that welcome, to be honest. Um, Yeah, um, I mean, uh, it was interesting because um, Brandon knew Travis at least relatively well. I don't think anybody knew Jacques. He was He's also in the sketch and improv community, so I think Carly and Rob might have known of him, but they didn't actually, but they, they didn't know, they never really talked to him, so they'd heard about him, but they didn't know him. Um, so yeah, so we all head out to the backyard. It's time for the usual raise your glass first HOH competition. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we set up, it starts, Immediately, Carly's tiny hands, her cup like flies <laughs> off, and uh, yes, so Carly is Carly is almost immediately eliminated, um, and then subsequently, the newbies all start to drop one, two, three, four, and this had been something I had been sort of aware of that um, Travis almost won Razor Glass on season one. Yes. He came in third at it, which is maybe why also that Michael targeted him right away. Mm-hmm. Because, and and Travis had said at several parties since, like, oh, I could have won that first one. I don't know why I didn't try to win that first one. And so coming in, I knew, okay, Travis has a good shot at it. Jacques was out early, super early on season one, but he did so much better. 
Um, I don't know if he practiced. He might have. Knowing Jacques, he probably practiced. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Carly drops out. And then Adam, I think, Adam drops out right after Carly. I think because he didn't want to be the first one out. And he was also immune. So he just kind of, he obviously didn't want to win HOH. And he kind of just wanted to blend. Which Adam, we learned, would be very, very good at. Um, And then Brandon dropped. Rob dropped. Rich dropped. And the last three standing were Travis, Jacques, and Michelle. So, essentially, Travis does his honest, honest thing and starts to talk to Michelle in full view of everyone, being like, if you give it to me, I'll keep you safe. If you give it to me, we can work together. Meanwhile, Michelle, who is a, you know, a much more subtle player and doesn't want, you know, her alliances... Her business aired out in front of everyone. She's just like, oh my god, stop talking to me. In I, her head... I don't want to be associated with the two vets. Yes, especially when I think when I feel like the vibe was that the noobs weren't uh, weren't really interested in working with them. Yeah. So at this point, um, this was always the case. The second Pandora's box made its appearance and was offered to the next person that dropped their cup. Hmm. Now, Michelle, I don't know if she. I don't remember. I don't think she actively went for the box. I think that she believably made herself drop the cup. Right. Because she didn't want to work with um, either of the vets, and I don't think she wanted to come off as, like, the second strongest in it, or win it, and then be put in an awkward situation. Right. So, Michelle drops, she gets the box, which she can open once the competition's done, and then it's between Travis and Jacques, and I think... Travis sweet talks his way into Jacques dropping because he was like, I was voted out first last time. I could have won this one. Da, da, da. Like he did his whole spiel. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the deal. So Jacques eventually uh, drops, and Travis is went goes from being the first one out to the first HOH of the season, mm-hmm. uh, much to the chagrin of all the newbies, I'm sure. <laughs> so Michelle goes inside, and she. I mean, she's standing there and she goes, okay, she's like, do I have to open it? And I said, it's up to you. And she goes, well, fuck, I'm going to kick myself if I don't open it. Yeah. So Michelle opens the second Pandora's box. Um, there's a little a little rhyme inside. Um, it, this one's harder to deduce, but she essentially gets um, a card where she can flip one house guest's vote at uh, one of the upcoming evictions. So one single house guest, she can flip their vote to hopefully help whoever she's voting for, if they're on the block. Yes. The consequence to that Pandora's box um, is left more ambiguous. It actually results in the first two evictions being um, fake evictions. Sort of in the style of B- uh, BB uh, Canada season four with the whole, when Kelsey and Levita were voted out, but sort of sequestered to the side with one of them uh, coming back into the game. Yes. And so in this situation, it wouldn't be that the house would vote one of them back in, but that at that third HOH competition, the two of them would play and whichever did better would return back to the game. Yes. So Michelle gets her power um, and then... Pretty much all the uh, strategizing begins. Uh-huh. But like we said, this was such a good season of Big Brother that it was really hard early on to tell who was working yeah, together. Yeah, very hard to keep track of alliances and who was working with who, especially when, especially uh, with production. We're on the outs. We don't sit in on a lot of the talks, and the ones that we do, we don't know if it's if they're genuine or not. Um, so yeah, but uh, Travis, obvi- like being his 
honest, straightforward self. He decides that his two nominees are going to be the two people that dropped out of the uh, uh, out of the first HOH competition earliest. So he knows that Carly was the very first person to drop, so that's his first nominee. The second one, he can't quite remember who else, who dropped, well, everyone remembers that Adam dropped second, but he's immune for the round, so he can't put him up. And then it's kind of hard for people to remember who dropped third. He's not sure if it's Brandon, or if it's Rich, or if it's Rob, or Barb. He can't. Qu- he can't really remember who the the uh, the third person to drop was. So, Which in that situation, it's like you really like you can't come. You shouldn't have used that as your reasoning. If you, like if you, you if you can't remember and can't get straight stories from everyone, I was like, think of a backup plan. Yeah. Now, Brand. I believe the third person to drop was Brandon, but obviously Brandon was going to be like, um, it was me. So I think he was like, I think he was feeding Travis like hmm I think it was rich like um yeah obviously keeping the attention off of himself exactly so Travis nominates Carly and Rich for eviction and um yeah no like he follows through with what he said even with the muddled information but sort of that's that's where things are at and then we move into the first power of veto competition which is uh the BB uh open Yes. Yes. And then so it's a golf tournament where you have to golf towards the this uh, panel of different scores. And wherever whatever score your ball hits against that panel, that's the score you get. Um, you get to putt your ball twice, so you get a cumulative score. Whoever's the lowest each round gets eliminated, and then it's the prize swap. Yes. So you flip over one of your the golf cards, and you find out what your uh, punishment is, and then if... You are the second person um, eliminated from the challenge. You can swap it with the first, and so on and so forth. So the person holding the power of veto isn't necessarily the winner of the competition. It's just the one that ends up with it at the end of it. Yes. So um, people go. Uh, the, the the silly co- the silly costume of the season was Larry the Leprechaun. Um, I think it's because it was May, so St. Patrick's Day had ended a little while ago, and that's what was around at the dollar store. And also golfing greens, and the leprechaun is green, so it really sure. kind of just, like, kind of bastardized all tied together. <laughs> sure, so Michelle ends up with Larry the Leprechaun. And that's the thing, she's a se- she comes in second at that competition, uh-huh. and she turns over the the costume card, and she decides to keep it. Just think, for fun. I think this was another good way of, like, not drawing attention to yourself. And, like, you can piss somebody off if, like, they have kept the same prize the whole comp, and then you just take it from them last minute. And give them something bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw that on No Exit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I felt really bad about Matt. Sorry, Matthew. Um, uh, no Exit, not Deep Freeze. Oh, never mind. Sorry. It's, uh, it's Twinkie Gate. Thank Ooh, you. That's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> um, so... Carly ends up winning the competition, which honestly is shocking to us because we had jokes preseason where we were like, Carly's going to do terribly. Carly's <laughs> not going to win. And she proved us right during the first HOH competition. I was like, oh, damn, this girl. There's no way. Carly always jokes about how she's this really short, skinny girl. And she always jokes about how frail she is. And I and I always say that she has the immune system of, like, of a newborn gerbil um and so and and she i think we make jokes about how i thought she would like crumble under the pressure but i i retract all she ends up being 
far more of a threat than I than any of us could have anticipated. But anyway, Carly ends up with the golden power of Vito, and obviously she's going to use it on herself to take herself off the block. Yes, and so other prizes that were given out was um, Jacques, I believe, won... Um, what did Jacques... Did Jacques even play, actually? He might not have. Oh, I was thinking of season one, actually, yeah. So... There is, the important ones are, well, there's a cat purse. That's the physical prize of the season that just is, like, that is just kind of given out and, like, you get to keep it. Yay! Some weird, random, useless thing yes. that we could, that we, that we, that caught our eye at Dollarama. Yes, and a bunch of, like, 40-year-old women that we were, like, looking and being like, oh, we could pick a cat purse. And then all of these women behind us were like, cat purses, cat purses, cat purses. <laughs> it was fucking it was, it was weird. It was Twilight Zone-esque. So I was like, alright, I guess like, it has been decided. A cat purse it is. So Rob wins the cat purse and like, doesn't even keep it. Like, he he wins it and just decides to like, leave it leave on the it, chair. Like, like, leaves it like, on the side of the How road. How dare you? We almost got mauled by 40-year-old women for that cat purse. But anyway. <laughs> so, another important one that's given away is Rich gets an advantage at an HOH. Yes, at a future HOH. So, this ends up being a point that's important going forward, um, because at the uh, Power of Veto uh, ceremony, Carly obviously uses the Power of Veto to save herself. Now, Travis is going through his whole, um, who's the next person on the Razor Glass totem pole, which is supposed to be Brandon, and once again, he skips Brandon by accident and puts up Rob. But Rob volunteers to be nominated. He said, before Travis even makes his choice, Rob says, you know what? You can't remember who it was. I don't think it was me, but I think, but I think you're going to, people are going to vote out Rich and you can put me up. So Rob goes on the block and honestly, whatever happens between the ceremony and the eviction is like incidental because we get to the eviction and Rob stands up and does this whole speech about how everyone would be stupid to keep somebody who has an HOH advantage in the competition, and that it's pretty clear that everyone should vote out Rich. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever's happened in between the ceremony and the eviction, is apparently Rich has sweet-talked and charmed everyone else in the house into keeping him, because when the votes revealed, it's four to two. The only two votes to keep Rob are Carly, because she's in con with him, and Jacques, because I think he's just, he's in Second he's City in as second, well. He's a Second City guy as well. But Barb, Brandon, um, Adam, and, and, Michelle. and Michelle all flip the script and vote out Rob to, I think, everyone's shock. Um, certainly Rob's. Yep. So, that, just based on that first week, it was like everything that everyone thought they knew. And it's also, they were kind of, I think, sticking it to Travis a little bit. Because, like, why follow Travis's plan of voting out the, the stronger vet who had, or the stronger newbie who has a power that could help the whole house? Yeah, we could, like, we could keep Rich. Rich could be HOH and get rid of Travis's, which is what, what everyone wants at this point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that, that was a doozy of a first week. And Rob is the first person voted out, sad, sadly. Yep. So the second HOH competition, I think, is, is ripped from the headlines. Mm-hmm. So we spent the off-season shooting these news reports based on facts and little funny things from the first two seasons of the show. Uh-huh. I am the, I am the news reporter. 
Um, and yeah, we do funny little stories based off of inside jokes and things that happened in season one and two. So then afterwards, the house guests have to answer true or false questions about, um, about, you know, what was the headline or what was the picture or specific just visuals or audio things that were said in the news clips. So... This is one where if you get a question wrong, you are eliminated. But if you get it right, you get to move on. The final question, it is down to, I believe, uh, I think it's Carly and Brandon. Okay. And so Brandon wins head of household. Mm-hmm. And so this is where it gets interesting because, I mean, with all the confusion about who is supposed to be put on the block the first week, Brandon kind of weaseled his way out of it. And during this period, when Travis was HOH, he was trying to sort of build his alliance, I think, based off of, you know, season one. It was an alliance that went through the game, you know, picking people off. So Travis was trying to build a strong alliance. Brandon and Michelle were part of that alliance. Mm -hmm. So Brandon couldn't outright put up Travis without looking just, like, completely shady. Yeah. So... I think the next best thing to do is just to put up the other vet. Yes. So he puts up Shock, and he puts up Adam. Because Adam is super quiet, and, like, the fact that you should have been on the block the first week, but you had immunity. Like, let's see how you like it now kind of thing. Right. Yeah, and I think he's quiet, and he seems to be one of the only noobs to kind of give Jacques any chance to... Yeah, or, like, any time, so... Well, no, I feel like putting Adam up next to Jacques was just, to, like, it's easy, Jacques will go. Right. Because who's right. going to vote at Adam? Right. I, th- it was just the pawn and the target. That was the situation. Makes sense, makes sense. So, yes, he puts up Jacques and Adam, uh, and then we move on to the veto, which is... Finders Keepers. Now, oh. I was excited for this, and I don't know why this was such a flop. It was because everyone was lazy, in my <laughs> opinion. So, essentially, everyone got a number that was, like, a number's from, like, 1 to 40 or something like that. Yeah. And everyone picked a number at random in secret. Now, then, based on... They would, they were each assigned... To, they each had a different colored bandana. So, their little veto chip in their color would be placed inside of an egg with that number on top of it. And then, the eggs were just laying around the backyard. So, one person at a time would grab an egg and open it and see if there was a veto chip. It's kind of like the hide-and-seek competition without the utter destruction of it. Yes. So, one by one, people are opening them, and people are just picking the wrong ones. Like, of 40 eggs, I feel like literally, like, 30 of them were opened. Yeah. In the first early bit, and no one was finding in the eggs. And I think this is why people are like, this is this doesn't make sense, this comment. It's like, yes, it does. If it you does, just... but it's just, like, not working right. Yeah. So... so it gets to a point, one or two people's eggs are found, and then there's, like, a couple people left, and Barb just grabs her own egg. And eliminate and willingly eliminates herself from the competition, which confuses everyone. But I guess she was, or her strategy was still laying, trying to lay low, but I think it kind of made her look a little sh- so, I don't know. Because when you look- actively go to sabotage yourself, it's obvious to everyone that it's like, what is that person doing? Yeah. Like, that's so weird. Why would you sabotage yourself? So, Barb eliminates, and then it's down to the final two, and I believe it's Michelle and Jacques, and uh-huh. at this point, it's kind of just a back and forth to see who can find the other's egg first, and... Uh, Michelle gets eliminated, and so Jacques wins his first power veto, his first competition, thus saving himself from certain eviction. Absolutely, yeah. And so this is where things get super crazy, because now that Jacques has to come off, the target is coming off the block, so Brandon has to come up with a new target. And at this point, 
he wasn't gonna. I don't. He wasn't gonna put up Michelle. He wasn't gonna put up Carly. I don't think he was gonna put up Rich and Barb. Like Barb might have been an option. Yeah, but I think Brandon genuinely likes Barb, so he didn't want to do that. So the alliance had to crumble and crumble quick. Crumble quick. Yeah, and so he just he bites the bullet and he puts up Travis as the replacement nominee. To I think Travis was kind of disappointed. Um, I didn't, I think he probably thought he was going to go, but... No, he thought he was going to stay. He thought he was going to stay? No, remember, because he said that at the end. Oh, right, because he thought he had Michelle's vote, he thought he had Jacques' vote, um, and and all he needed was one more vote, so I And he could have gotten it from, I don't know, Barb. uh, Barb? Barb, yeah. Yeah. Like, Rich and Carly had obvious reasons as to not vote for him, because he put them up, but, yeah, even so, so when the eviction rolled around... It was a unanimous five to zero vote for, and everyone voted uh, out Travis, and Travis was taken out just like that, and he was shocked. He was shocked that Michelle and Jacques flipped on him and cut him loose. Yeah, but that just shows you that the season three they weren't that like they were they were there to play. Like, yeah, and I believe that this this pretty much is solidified that they were like we're getting the vets out. Yeah, like there was no question about it. Now you could just feel the vibe in the house, mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing because that's not to say that everyone was working together to actively get the get now Jacques out. They were all trying to get Jacques out, but they weren't working together to a certain degree because it wasn't like we're all an alliance. So it's yeah, like no, not no, really, no. not really. So I tell obviously I told Rob after he was evicted, and I told Travis after he was evicted that they would be battling uh, to come back because they were all fake evicted and the real eviction would happen whoever lost this competition. So we get out to the laneway. We're about to do checkerboard champions. It's a frisbee competition. And Travis decides to graciously bow out, stating that he knows what it feels like to be the first person evicted from the game and that Rob deserves another chance, the chance that he just had. So... It was so it was a very kind thing to do. Little Ben de la Creme to production. <laughs> I was a little bit like, what the fuck? But no, but it, it was it was totally fine because I think it was a kind thing. We always like when people have, you know, multiple chances, especially newbies, yes. to really play the game and to not have taken this whole weekend just to sit around and do nothing kind yes. of thing. So Travis lets Rob back so Rob is automatically back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um and um so uh so checkerboard champs. It's a fris. It's a frisbee, um, tart like a point accumulation competition, similar to the one from season two. But this one was um, the added difficulty to this one was that every other round, um, the color would change. There were numbers in blue and numbers in red, and one round would be blue and one number one round would be red. So there was a lot of people. If you're if you landed on the color that wasn't in play, it'd be a zero. Yeah. So the scores were significantly less. Yes, but harder. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it wasn't good. No. Nope. Um, and so at the end of it all, the winner of the checkerboard champ competition was Carly. Mm-hmm. She became HOH number three, round three, and Rob was back in the game. Yep. So, um, it's kind of an easy one. Um, Carly puts up Jacques, obviously, because at this point, everyone, it's kind of a united front. Everyone wants Jacques out. So it's really just about who to put up next to him. Yes. And that's the thing. I, I mean, I feel like Adam was definitely a a choice at this point. You could sort of feel a certain group pulling, pulling to one side of the house, like Michelle, Rich, Brandon, and Carly all started to seem like an alliance. They were doing a good job at not being like, it is the four of us against you. Yeah. But 
So it was really just Adam or Barb. Yeah. And so Carly, I think Carly decides to put up Barb because of what happened during the egg competition. Yeah, she thought Barb was shady. And I think they just didn't really, in those three rounds, I think they just didn't really connect much. Yeah, exactly. So she puts up Jacques and Barb next to him. Yep. So the plan is, once again, Barb is the pawn, Jacques is the target, and we go into our third veto competition, which is Tadri Totals. It is the return of the counting competition from mm-hmm. season one. So this time it was miscellaneous office supplies because we weren't going to spend $50 on candy this time. Yeah. We were going to spend five on Dollarama office supplies. Erasers and paper clips and staples, etc. etc. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we learned our lesson. So um, we, we do the counting competition and... Jacques wins it again, his second veto in a row. And we were like, okay, like, he's turning, like, a completely different player from season one already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, he's gonna use the, he won the veto, he's gonna use it on himself, take himself off the block. And so that puts Carly in a little bit of a predicament, because she doesn't, now she has to make a, a, um, a replacement nomination. Yeah, and I don't think that, like, this was a situation where Barb turned from the pawn to the target, yeah. Because the other person that Carly was going to put up, I don't think she in a million years wanted to go home kind of thing. Yeah, and I think she'd started she'd started to come close with uh, Michelle and with Brandon. Um, not quite with Rich yet. And, Ad- and I don't know what the deal was with Adam, really. Yeah, I know Michelle early... Michelle was trying to work with Adam to a certain degree. Yeah. So if Michelle and Carly were close, Michelle might have been in her ear. Being like, oh, don't you know, put you don't put up Adam. Like, if you want that, like, he'll vote. He'll, you know, he'll vote out who you want him to vote out, kind right. of thing. So, Rich is the replacement nominee this week, and um, is is he unanimous? No, no. Um, I think Adam voted for Rich, but everyone else voted for every, everyone else uh, voted for Barb. Okay, so that's the, the, the funny enough because like just based on what I said, oh Adam will vote the way you want him to, and it's like oh well, nope, <laughs> he didn't. No, but um, yes, it's a it's a four to one. It's a uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a four to one, and uh, Barb is voted out. I think her f- main flaw in the game was just she was a little too quiet. Nobody really knew where she was at, and yes, self-eliminating herself from that veto just kind of raised some eyebrows. Yeah, and so it's funny just based on what we said during casting that we didn't know how Barb was going to come across or just be personality wise, especially being friends with Chantel, because I think they played very differently, like vastly different. But that's the thing. Chantel, you kind of, you pretty much knew where her head was at because she was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Barb was too aloof. Yes. And so that, that really made people sketchy of her. So, and I, that's the thing. I think in her mind, she was like, oh, if I don't ruffle any feathers, I'll be safe. And instead it was like, it was like, no, it was just like, nobody can rely on you because nobody knows where your, where, where your allegiance is. Exactly. So yeah, Barb was out. Barb's out. Um, so, going into the next HOH competition, it is Karaoke KO. We do it every season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this was this was exciting once again. And to everyone's shock, Jacques continues his winning streak and wins Karaoke KO, which is, like, worst-case scenario for the entire house. Because literally everyone, everyone just wanted Jacques out, and now he's HOH, and somebody close to the... Noob Alliance has got to go. Yeah. So people were people were shaking in their boots with this one for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think, like based on what I had said, the fact that um, Adam was kind of on the out 
performance um, and just kind of looked like he was a solo person. So it was pretty obvious that the nominees were going to come from sort of the pool of people who had been kind of running the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rich had sort of gotten to Jacques at this point and began to sweet talk him, especially with Je- uh, Rich being the person that's like, I've been nominated twice and I've had to survive the block. Like, I'm a lone wolf too. So I, I think Rich got into Jacques' head um, and sort of was playing him about keeping him safe that round. Yeah. And so Jacques essentially does what um, what everyone says and um, not everyone, not what everyone says, uh, does uh, sort of what makes sense and just puts up the two people who haven't been on the block yet. Oh, being Michelle and Brandon. And Brandon had put him up and Michelle was, you, you kind of knew that Michelle was on opposite sides of the house. Um, uh, well, opposite sides of him. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, he wanted to go for two newbies that were clearly gunning for him. And so, yes, he put up Michelle and Brandon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the line was pretty clear in the sand. So now it was just about, like, who could Jacques get out kind of thing. Uh, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if he had a specific target in mind. Probably more Brandon. I think Brandon, I think they were, I think there was a little bit of upfront tension Tension. between the two of them. I don't think they were, um, they weren't the best of friends. Yes. Oh, yes, because this was when Brandon came up to me at one point Uh and was like, do I look mad to you? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, people are saying I look mad. And I was like, oh, uh, uh, I don't think so. And I was like, I I don't know if that conversation had come from Jacques Jacques saying something to Brandon or him looking pressed when he was put on the block or not, but... Anyways, so yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. The, the the friction was definitely beginning. So we go into the next power veto competition, and it is burst your bubble. Yes, the classic balloon spelling one. We've done it all three seasons now, um, and Carly wins it. I don't remember what her, I don't remember what what her word was. Her, her word was breed. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Um, and so very interesting that somebody on. Not on the block, finally won the power of veto. Yeah, so, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Michelle and Brandon were two close allies of Carly, so I don't know, I, like, I wasn't sure what she was gonna do, uh, whether she was gonna try and save one of them. I got, I only knew when I was inside setting up for the, uh, ceremony, she came downstairs on her way to the bathroom and said, um, so if I use the power of veto, can I be put up? And I was like, No. And she was like, okay, that's good to know. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So it was clear that she was going to use it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe Michelle had maybe Michelle had told her about her vote flip power. And maybe, and I think this was the last round that she could have used it anyway. Yeah. And so I think that was the, um, uh, that was her reasoning for uh, getting Carly to use it on her. Which is, so that they can use it to their advantage and probably, and save Brandon and get rid of whoever the replacement was. Exactly. So, I don't know if they had any control over who Jacques was going to put up, but like I said, Rich was, I think, in Jacques' ear at yeah. this point. Yeah. So, the only other person, once Carly used the power of veto on Michelle, the only other person that could have gone up... Well, it was Adam or Rob. Adam or Rob. And Adam being the lone wolf, I, that was too tempting, I think, in their in their eyes. And Jacques, I think, was the only one that knew that Carly and Rob knew each other. Right. So... By putting up Rob, he knew that Carly would vote to keep Rob, which would keep the numbers on his side. And he could get out Brandon, which is what he wanted. Exactly. So, he puts up Rob as the replacement, and this is where the iconic moment happens. In a perfect world, Michelle uses her vote flip, and they flip the script, and Brandon stays, and Jacques is left gooped. But unfortunately, 
Michelle gets in her head because Rich gets in her head by being shady and being like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally voting the same way as you. And Michelle being like, oh my God, you're not. (laughs) You're not voting the same way as me. So she gets in the room and the, the, the crazy irony of the whole situation is that if Michelle hadn't have used her vote flip card, the vote would have been three to one for Brandon to stay and Rob would have gone home because it is the only time all season that Carly flips her vote to vote out Rob because she knows it's better for her game and she's not trying to keep, um, she's not trying to keep her friend, like, friend in just for the sake of friendship kind of thing. Yes, Which is hard, like, I mean, it's, it's always hard when you have to put, like, go against friendships and vote out a friend. It sucks, but, um, I mean, kudos, it was, like, to put the game and strategy ahead of, ahead of friendship. But anyway, so yes, so the vote is Rich, Carly, and Michelle all vote for Rob to go, and Adam votes for Brandon, because he's all about voting against the house for some reason. <laughs> um, but, so Michelle is sketched out by Rich. She thinks he's voting out Brandon. She uses her, uh, but even though he didn't, she uses her vote flip, flipped on Rich, he flips his vote from Rob to Brandon, and it becomes a 2-2 tie. So Jacques gets to exact his plan and single-handedly vote out Brandon. And I think Michelle went pale. Yeah. Because she knew she fucked up. And Brandon is super confused because I don't think he knew about Michelle's power and he was just like, I thought I had this vote in the bag. Why was it a 2-2? Who flipped? Yeah, exactly. And so, and Michelle's starting to get paranoid at this point because every time Rob's on the block, there's always two votes to keep him, which doesn't make sense in in her fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, last round of the night, back when we used to do five rounds a day, is before or after, and this is double eviction speed. It is quick, quick, quick round. So... They all play before or after it goes to the tiebreaker, which is always crazy. Mm-hmm. And Michelle manages to overcome her nerves and her utter shock, and she wins with HOH when she needs and to. And she's super excited. She like I think she does like a victory scream. And it's funny because Brandon, who doesn't trust her anymore, when he hears that she wins the HOH, he's he runs back into the living room and is and is like, Yes, yes, good for you. And it's like, you don't trust her but anyway, whatever i think he wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt and he still he still liked her as a friend so um so yes michelle is the last hoh of the day she puts up jacques and rob yes yes, yes she puts up jacques and rob um and yeah it's just a replay of everything that's been happening as usual jacques is the target rob is the pawn so they we go to the backyard and it's a super quick power veto competition called Clown Shoe Commotion, just like Big Brother US thirteen. It's where, a sprinting one. You have to find two shoes and uh, like across the yard and bring them back to your station. Yeah, inside of a garbage bag filled with like other stuff. And so we say go, and I shit you not, it is like lightning. Jacques is like the Flash, like a cheetah. He like he he's like a train. He cannot be stopped. Like in a flash, he w- like he gets his two shoes and wins the veto. We, I, I'm, my jaw's on the floor. I can't even believe it. So the plan is screwed yet, yet again. again. And so Michelle's got to name another replacement nominee, and they just decide to throw Rich up because you know what else is new. And I think at this point Michelle is trying to form a bridge with Adam. 
as, yes. as like an outsider in her pocket. Yes. So, because she's HOH, and I think because she has Adam, she tells Adam to vote to keep Rich. Mm-hmm. And, um... And Rich has sweet-talked Jacques, so Jacques is going to vote to keep Rich. But Carly has switched back to trying to just keep her friend in the competition. So the vote is two to one, and Rob is evicted. But this one vote to keep to keep Rob fucking throws Michelle and like, everyone else being like, Who, who's who voting this, for Rob? Who is this one person that keeps voting to keep Rob? Nobody knows. And it's usually Carly, but not always Carly. <laughs> Um, so yes, Rob is re-evicted, uh, at the end of day one. Yes. So, day one is done. It honestly went off swimmingly. Yeah. Um, one thing that sort of forgot to mention that ended up being kind of superfluous this season was the third Pandora's box was, um, Travis got it in the golf competition. Now, it was a clue that revealed the source of a secret power in the house, which was called the veto valve, where if the power of veto was used on one nominee, it would have to be used on both nominees. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, Travis was officially backdoored. So he found the veto veto, uh, valve, but he couldn't use it because he was a replacement nominee and he wasn't one of the two people sitting on the block when the power of veto was used. So he was actually evicted with that power. Unfortunately, kind of made it irrelevant this season, but... Whatever. Yeah. First two seasons, the power went off without a hitch, so it was good. So, day two rolls around, and we're just waiting around, gonna do the battle back as soon as everyone comes. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle shows up, and literally just like, because we're the only ones there, she's just like, I'm starting to get really paranoid. And we're like, why? And she's like, because I started looking things up on Facebook, and I'm like, I'm not sure if I can trust Carly anymore. Ooh. And we're like, why? And she's like, because I'm like, someone keeps voting to keep Rob, and I think it's Carly. Meanwhile, she's talking to us about this, and all I see is two little legs standing by the window, and it's Rich listening in from the window. <gasps> and it was at this point I knew that Rich was a shysty motherfucker, <laughs> and that he was totally playing everyone up. Because at this point, Rich, Rich's whole vibe was this easygoing stoner, which he is, it's not wrong, but he was, but that he did, like, he kind of played a little bit dim, easygoing stoner, didn't really know too much of the game. Little did we all know, he is a diehard Big Brother fan, and a mastermind, and, uh, like a, um... Puppet master? A puppet, puppet master to the 10th degree. So, we were starting to clue in on Rich as well, and he wasn't even letting us know about that. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, uh, everyone shows up. We commence with the comeback competition. So, we decided, because I spent so much goddamn time on it, <laughs> we are doing Maze Runners again. Yes. And... Everyone does a lot better than the than everyone did on season two. Like they were all quite good at it. Travis did a decent job. Rob did Rob really did well. really well. Um, Barb did okay, but um, Rob did really well. So like he was looking like he was going to come back, and then Brandon comes in and he he manages to bounce the marble over certain obstacles. Like it was very impressive, and so and it made us. We were like, "Is that against the rules?" But I was like, "You know what? We didn't say you can't do that." It's kind of learning by process of like doing things we learn little things like like those comps from season one where i was like oh i should have done this or this or this so yeah you trial by you know trial and error yeah exactly so we were like you know what we didn't tell him he couldn't 
bounce the marbles over the wall. So, you know, fair is fair. So Brandon had the best time and he was back in the game, which we were kind of happy about because he was playing really well and he was evicted because Michelle screwed up her power. So we were kind of happy that he had another shot at um, at the game. Yes. So meanwhile, everyone else is inside, the five that are still in the competition, not knowing that Brandon's about to walk through the door. Jacques puts forth an idea that... Whoever comes back, they all agree just to vote them out. And that they, because they're the rightful final five and they should keep it that way. Everyone else is like, yeah, that sounds sure, great. Yeah. You know, high pitch for sure. <laughs> you know, so they all say yes. And then Brandon walks through the door. And honestly, if it had been anybody else, they might have followed suit. But as soon as Brandon walked through the door, I feel like all of them were like, yeah, no, no. He's too much of a strong ally to vote out. Certainly, Michelle and Carly had no intention of getting rid of him. Yeah. So, we go to the backyard. This, I mean, this is important. I mean, this is a really important HOH, and whoever wins it is really going to sort of set the tone for the rest of the game. And it's the fill-up frenzy. So, once again, you're looking at... um, you're looking at Brandon is super fit and and skinny and fast. Adam is like the tall one of the tallest people who've ever played the game. Jacques had just won the last veto running like a cheetah. So this was running again. Yeah. And so the last person we honestly thought would win is all little little boy. Is tiny tiny <laughs> tiny Tina Thumbelina Carly <laughs> and against all odds she beats all the boys and she wins the fill up and Frail, little frail Carly is not so frail. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I was really proud of her. Yeah. So yeah. she kills it. Um, and then, you know, we get back into the sauce of day two. People are, people are conspiring. I think that, you know, Michelle's trying to further her relationship with Adam. Brandon's back and he, he's, he's getting with, you know, back with Carly. And this is when I think they start to pull in Rich to a certain degree. Yes. So Carly decides... You know, that deal was bullshit earlier. <laughs> like, Brandon's back. We're keeping him back. So, let's put the two outsiders up. Adam and Jacques get put on the block. Which leads us to, you know, one of our top 15 memorable moment countdown list uh, items being... As soon as she puts up Adam and Jacques, Jacques decides to call her out and sort of reveal that they had this... The house had this deal. And he's like, so, that, uh, final, that final five fe- deal is null and void? To which Carly responds, I guess... <laughs> and we all just kind of tiptoe oh, away yeah. from that one. Yep. But yeah, so she puts up Adam and Jacques. Jacques is once again um, target number pub- one, public enemy number one. Uh, and we move on to the veto, which is Otev. Yes. And so it's Otev's um, House of Cards. Yes. So, so this time we have we have cards scattered along the driveway with uh, people's names on the back of the cards. Um, get the get the right name. Last person back with the right name is obviously eliminated. Yes. So very high stakes veto for a very high stakes round. It's like it, can Jacques pull out his lightning speed again and just beat everybody at it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she goes. He, I mean, he knew Otev was coming because he was there for season one. So he could have been studying. Like it was very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's. I think Jacques gets eliminated in the, like the third round. Yes. Maybe? Yes. So. Comes down to it, the last two, I believe, are Carly and Rich in the competition, and Rich wins his first competition. Of the season, yeah. Yep, and so he has the power of veto. So this is where Rich's whole bullshit relationship with Jacques really comes to a head, because 
What does Jacques expect? Jacques expects Rich to use it on him because, um, he, uh, like, he, Jacques has sort of had his back. He thought that they developed this, this connection, this agreement, this alliance, and he expects Rich to take him off the block, and uh, which would obviously piss off Carly, Michelle, and Brandon, the three people very much gunning for him. Rich, a uh, little to Jacques' knowledge, Rich has formed a strong alliance with Michelle, Carly, and Brandon, and is far more close to them than he is to Jacques. So, um, so for the first time this season, the power of veto is not used. Rich does not use it. So Jacques stays on the block with Adam, and it's pretty, like, Jacques does his best to beg and plead for a pity vote here and there, tries to get him. But the house Falls on deaf ears. The house is not having it, and he is evicted 3-0. And as Michelle said, I finally vote to eviction. <laughs> yes, he's finally out the door. And I gotta say, like, kudos to him. It, he had a really hard road being a vet, especially with these noobs, ha- clearly having no intention of working with them. And he really he had to win three vetoes and take himself off the block three times and an HOH. He really like this the cards were stacked against him and he really did his best to make it as far as he could. So um kudos to Jacques for even making it to day two. Like job well done. Yes, yes, absolutely. So then it's the next head of household competition, which is excruciating elevation. So much like the one from uh, Big Brother America there is the wire fence, and you have to pass your egg up the back side of it using your fingertips and then putting in your basket. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had to guess at this point, I would say that Adam was probably going to be the next one to go. Because to me, it seemed like Carly, Rich, um, Michelle, and Brandon were this tight-knit foursome, and Adam was kind of the one on the outs. And so Adam really needed to win a comp this round, um, which he hadn't won a single thing no. yet. So I, fi- I figured he was probably toast this round now like you said it's excruciating elevation um you have to um push an egg up up and over a wire fence it works in two rounds it's like a it's like a bracket style tournament yep so the two people facing off are chosen at random and the winner of each heat goes against each other in the final so this was one where there was some logistical issues um where we rich and adam went to get went against each other in the final round and adam's egg, which they were all plastic Easter eggs, had come apart at one point, but he, but we said that he could continue going with it. Yeah. And in actuality, like going for forward in future seasons, we decided that if your egg breaks, it's kind of like your egg breaking. But yeah. at the time, I, we just had to keep it fair. Like we, we never stated the rule, which means that the rule passes. Doesn't, yeah. So Adam wins head of household. Yes. And his so, first comp and he was clearly the man on the outs. And so... They, the rest of the four had to do some scrambling, for sure. Yes. And so, this is the round that, unfortunately, kind of is confusing, because all this work that Michelle had put in, putting Adam on her side, and because she wanted to take Adam to the final two. Yeah. Because he would have been easy to it, beat. Yeah. Um, so, she talks to him, and she talks to him, and they sort of come up with a plan, and then Brandon talks to Adam right before his nominations, and... I guess everything Michelle said must have gone out his uh, gone out because he nominates Michelle and Carly and I was like I guess Mich- I thought Michelle was under the impression that she had a thing with Adam but I don't think it was I guess it wasn't reciprocated with Adam I, it was very con- I didn't know I had no idea why he put up Michelle because she seemed to be the only one kind of talking to him at all exactly so um 
the two girls are on the block, and we play the power veto competition, which is the new and improved color decoders. Yes. Yes. So now, not elimination based. There are only six colors in the sequence, and you get a point for everyone that you get correct. So whoever has the most points at the end wins. If there's a tie, we go to a tiebreaker where it's the first one to answer correctly. Correct, yeah, wins. So it, we get to a tie. The, we do get to a tiebreaker between Carly and Brandon, and Carly picks picks the right cube first, and she wins her third veto of the competition. I'm thoroughly impressed at this point. Can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. Um, so obviously she uses the veto on herself and Adam has to make a replacement nominee and he puts up Brandon. Yes. Uh, now it's at this point, um, I think one at a time, I noticed at this point, this is when, uh, the, the, the foursome starts to become a threesome and, uh, a new plan is set in motion because I think as people go from outside in the, in the, um, in the backyard to go and talk to Adam one by to have their one-on-ones with Adam. When it's Michelle's turn, as soon as she walks into the house, Carly, Rich, and Brandon all turn to each other and say, "We're voting her out." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "There's this new inner alliance that's turning on Michelle." And um, and uh, I, I I turned to them and I was like and I'm like what's your um do you have do you have like a, a name for your little trio alliance and I, they hadn't really thought about it but I but the name that they settle on that I am in love with is called they the three of them call themselves the barefoot contessas and I think it's because the a lot of them or maybe just Rich is barefoot for the majority of the season and he likes to compete in the running challenges barefoot which I don't really condone but you know. Do, do your thing. Hey, he started winning stuff when he took those shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Carly, Rich, and Brandon formed the Barefoot Contessas, and their plan is to uh, get Michelle out the door. Yep. So, the vote comes around, and I think Michelle can sense that it's coming. Um, so, the vote is 2-0. Michelle gets evicted. She played a great game. Like, she played a great game. She was a positive, like, it was super fun to have her around. We love Michelle. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. When you cast someone on the season and you know that they're a big fan and, like, we knew that Michelle, we, we really wanted to see her play. And so uh, we're happy that she, she stayed, she stuck around for most of it. Yeah. And she was, like, not on the outs. She really got to, like, immerse herself in the game. So we were really happy. We were happy when somebody, you know, it, the experience lives up to their expectations. Yes. Yes. So then that leads us to... Final four. Mm-hmm. So, with Adam unable to compete in the next HOH competition, it's just, it's all about making sure that he, he doesn't, doesn't win, win anything. anything. Like, he just can't win the veto. Yeah. He just can't win the veto. However, I wasn't super aware of this yet, but we'll get to that. The HOH competition is called Murder by Numbers, and it's where you have to remember um, how much uh, points or scores or this or that happened during the season. And you answer more than or less than to the number that I've given. We, uh, I think we go to tiebreak again on really? this one. And Brandon wins head of household. Yep. So, it's final four. Doesn't really matter who's on the block, but it's pretty clear, I mean, who's not, you know, with Brandon. So, he puts up Adam and Rich. Yeah, he puts up Adam and Rich. Keeps Carly safe. But, it's all about the veto. Mm-hmm. So... The veto vault happens, as usual. One of my favorites. Yep. And this is where I was nervous at this point, because like you had said, you had seen this trio alliance. You'd asked them their name. Like, you had sort of dealt with it. I don't know where I was during this period, but I'm watching the veto vault go down, and I'm so scared 
that if Rich wins, he's going to vote out Carly. And if Carly... Oh, actually, Carly, I, I figured, would vote out Adam. But Rich was the real wild card for me. But at, if Adam won it, he probably was going to vote her out, too. Yes. And, like, we didn't want that to happen just because Carly was such a surprise heavy hitter. She'd been doing so well. I thought she was on her way to winning. And I just didn't want her to get cut right before, like, right before she had the chance to to really hold her own. Yes. So fortunately, I think Adam does the worst, followed by Brandon. And then Carly and Rich, it's super close. It's so close. So, but Carly just edges him out. Rich, I I think because once you get the, um, once you get the right combo for the lock, you have to undo the lock and that's what stops your time. And Carly does it um, flawlessly, and I think Rich fumbles with um, opening the lock, and that kills the eight seconds that he needs to beat Carly's time, and he doesn't, and Carly wins it by a hair. Yep. So, Carly wins the veto. She can't take herself off the block. Because she's not on the block. Because she's not on the block. So, she pretty much gets the single vote, and so I, I'm pretty sure at this point, but I, I, I was just sort of standing there, and Adam went to the bathroom, and that's when the three of them all scuttled together and were like, yeah, we did it, we did it. And I was like, oh. So I asked them point blank as the three were sitting there. I said, oh, you guys were all going to vote out Adam this round? And they were like, duh. Uh, yeah. And we were like, I was like, oh, okay. I guess nothing a t- to be worried about. I guess you're a tighter trio than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. So Adam gets evicted. Carly single-handedly gets, sends him home. No one's surprised. And that's, he goes outside, everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, Michelle's probably, Michelle's a little bit like, see, this is why you shouldn't have voted me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, you take our uh, jury members to the bar. To the bar for dinner and for the uh, jury chat with me, yes. Yes. And I sit with the three, we start, um, I, as we're setting up, I walk outside and Rich goes, because I think he decided to tell Carly and Brandon, he was like... I'm a super fan. And, and so he, 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 when I came outside, he was like, Kevin, guess what? And I was like, what? And he's like, I'm a super fan. And I was like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, you don't win Otev. It just says like, I'm lax. And I'm yeah. like, there's no way. Now, if he'd said that on day one, we would have been a lot more surprised. But he was starting to show his colors a little bit more by day two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we play Key to the Kingdom as usual, um, wedging your key between two wooden poles. Um, everyone's doing it. Uh, Rich, I believe, is moaning and groaning because he's in pain because of it. Um, and Brandon pretty much just starts talking himself up, being like, you guys know I'm a circus performer, right? Like, uh, there's no way, like, anyone's gonna beat me at this. And then, so, Carly and Rich kind of just, like, look at each other and we're like, you know what, fuck (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Hey, the best person, like, go against him in the final round. So, Uh they both essentially drop at the same time. And they decide, you know, we'll battle it out in round two. So part two of the head of household competition is called um, Facts or Facts. <laughs> and it's about um, different competitions that happen during the season um, and facts that relate to them. So they have all the facts on a board and you have to put the competition that that fact relates to. Um, both of them did pretty well at it. It was a, it was a pretty hard one. Um, but Carly wins it. I think she, she, she won by a good minute or minute and a half. She actually did a pretty good job at it. So Carly is going against Brandon in the final two head of household competition or part three of the final head of household competition. But I was once again, like, I don't know what's going to happen because on paper, 
Brandon had won uh, two head of households and had won the battle back. And Carly had won four power of vetoes and two HOHs. And Rich had won one power veto. So on paper, Rich's report card doesn't look as good as the two people who are about to face off against right. each other. Right, and I was thinking that too. So, uh, so cut to the uh, the jury talk at the pub, and I'm t- I'm asking everyone like, you know, where do where do the final three? How do they stack up in your mind? And um, at that point, I felt like the consensus with a lot of the jury was sort of. They, they were saying, you know, it's going to be really, really hard to decide if the final two are Carly and Rich. And which shocked me because I was like, Rich has only won one thing. And, but, but, and that's when I learned that Rich's social game was incredible. He was talking to everyone. Everyone thought that he was on their side. Mm-hmm. So um, Rich's social game was almost unmatched and everyone respected Carly because she was such a surprise heavy hitter and she'd won so many comps and she'd been doing such a good job as well and Michelle was like man Carly fucking duped me Michelle just kept saying how surprised she was and they were also surprised to hear that Carly was only 18 and she was besting people eight ten years older than her people were shocked that she was only 18 Mm -hmm. um and then with Brandon, Brand, they, they, people respected Brandon's game and thought that he'd been doing a good job. But I think a, a detractor for him was that he was the comeback. Pl- he was the comeback contestant, and um, uh, and for for some people, he was sort of third on the leaderboard. And there was no way Jacques was voting for him. Period. Yeah, because at that point, I, I don't know if I'd ever sort of imagined that a battleback person could win the game. Yeah, it really depended on how long you were gone for, kind of yeah. thing. So, so. We we move on to part three of the final head of household competitions, the jury's final words, as usual. And they both do a really good job. Um, much better. Uh, like, they do equally as good to the season two performances of Courtney and Lisa. Um, Brandon gets one more question right than Carly and wins the final head of households competition. So I'm sitting there going, like, I don't know. This could be either. Like, I have no idea. I think it was the most stressed I'd been post final HOH victory because mm-hmm. you you had won so I was like okay I think you're gonna vote out Nick um what obviously the sisters there was no stress whatsoever yeah. so I was like whatever Vito's going so this time so I'm just sitting there and I, yeah Brandon knew what was up and he decided I think he had also sort of developed his alliance with Carly started earlier than Rich mm. so he votes out Rich and that's that and so I remember you texting me being like if Carly's in the final two she's probably going to win and I'm like okay I was like all right that's cool I well, she's in the final two so we'll see um everyone gets back Rich comes in everyone's like oh yeah um and so it's we're getting sort of really interested to see how it was all gonna play out because it was like hmm like you had said it was pretty cut and dry if Carly was against Brandon so I was like okay Little did we know, this is kind of the one blemish of the season, is this uh, jury roundtable final questionnaire type situation, because we get, like, literally, like, two questions in, and Rob decides to to lay into Carly, because they're friends from outside of this, they know each other, and so Rob stands up and he says, Carly, um, why did you think that it was um, correct to put um, this game ahead of our friendship. You put you put winning this game ahead of our relationship. We're in con together. We're planning a show together. And you stabbed me in the back. How does that feel? To which Carly decides 
to burst out into tears. Something that I don't know if I'd ever anticipated. Yeah. And so, so she's essentially for the next five questions. She's complete... totally out of it. She, it, it, Rob, crushes her confidence, and for the rest of the questions, she, she's just like low energy. She kind of gives Brandon lots of credit, whereas Brandon is like talking it, himself up. Talking himself up. He's his he, he's his regular charismatic, likable self, and he talks talks up his game. And that's the thing, Brandon. I feel like has is one of the few people who won the game, um, who who've done a really good job at talking up their game afterwards. Because there are certain people that. When they get to the final two, the rest of the jury doesn't understand all the work that they did until it's revealed. Yeah. And I feel like Brandon's one, your one, and Chelsea's one. Yeah. Who all got there and were like, listen, like, this I know you guys all- don't think I did a lot, but here's all the stuff I did. And Brandon was like, I was the one bridging the gap between all of the people in the house and bringing them into the alliances. And I feel like that's what really sold people. Where they're like, he was like, I was good with everyone and I was... Bring, I brought us together. I brought us together. Like, it was the one thing where it was like, Carly was doing all the heavy lifting. By winning the comps. But Brandon was doing all the social weaving between everybody. Yes, he was kind of the glue that was keeping t- keeping people together, for yes. sure. So while Brandon was coming from behind in coming into the final two, Carly's confidence being completely dashed allowed him to bump up ahead of her. And essentially, for any jury members that were flip-flopping about how they wanted to vote, Brandon really sold it for yeah. them. So he de- he definitely changed Michelle's mind. He changed... Uh, Rich said he was... I think he was always going to vote for Brandon. But he, um, he... I think he changed Michelle's mind. He changed Barb's mind. He changed... Oh, no, Barb's mind was made up. No, she almost voted for Carly. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was... A, there, you know, don't you remember there was one key where it was like... There was like a C-A and then crossed out and written Brandon? Oh. That was Barb's vote. So, um, so Brandon changed a lot of people's minds and Brandon won season three, the comeback. It was the first time ever that the comeback player came back to win the season. We didn't know it was possible. And, um, and yeah, we were super proud of him. It was, it was hard just because it'd been such a great season and it was, the energy was kind of low because Carly was so, it sucked all the air out of the room. Yeah. It was tough because like, we love to talk up Brandon now. But, like, that night was very difficult because we felt genuinely bad for Carly because she had superseded everyone's expectations. And then just to just be dashed at the final hurdle was really, really was tough. Hard, was hard to take, yeah. yeah. But Brandon, like we said, is a great winner because he was one... Like, he was put in an awkward position early on, the fact that, like, Travis was in an alliance with him. And so to, like, get Travis out and get minimal blood on his hands and to not look bad from that, and then to, like constantly be shifting alliances and to work through all the bullshit, especially of his, like, crazy eviction. Yeah. Really worked out. So, and that's the thing. It's always nice to have that hope that you could win if you were voted out. Mm -hmm. Because just, if you get voted out and you feel like it's game over, then it's kind of ruins the rest. It's like, what's the point of coming back? It's like the people that make it to day two and they don't think that their resume is that good. So they're just like, oh, whatever, just vote me out. It's like, that is the one of the worst things to see. And it's just really like... It's like, really? You're not even going to try? Yeah. Like, find the second weakest player and take them to the end. Like, and then you'll look better by comparison. Like, just like, anything can happen as long as you, as long as you win an HOH. You can change everything if you win an HOH. So just try. And look at Brandon. Brandon had won one HOH in the battle back 
before Final Four. Like, that's it. That's all he had. And Battlebacks, half the time, don't even really look count on your resume. So it's just like, one HOH. That's it. That's all he had. That's and then he, had. he won the last two. Yeah. So, so he really, it was a really a second wind day two for him, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, what was your favorite moment of the season? My favorite moments of the season. I loved Jacques constantly screwing up people's plans by winning vetoes and taking himself off. I love that. But it's gotta be the vote flip. It's the iconic moment of the season. Michelle using her power wrongly and getting her and and going from saving her alliance member to accidentally getting him sent home it's iconic and it's still one of the craziest moments that BYBB has ever had <laughs> what about you um oh god see like it's like with Sarah and the Philip. I'm like it's like Carly and the Philip. Yeah. I am such a sucker for like st- a strong girl just kicking everyone's ass yes. at the Philip competition so that was I remember, and I remember, like, hugging her afterwards and just being, like, and, like, I think I called her Baywatch Babe or whatever because she had, like, the red shirt on. I just remember, like, being so ecstatic during that moment. I was really proud of her. Yeah. Carly, we're really proud of you. You did great. (laughs) Um, Favorite competition? So this one, this season introduced a bunch more competitions that were at least a little different. Uh I was happy that Color Decoders was finally correct. Yes, yes. Me too. Um, I always love watching Philip, especially especially with Carly winning it. Um, but yes, Color Decoders with the rule change was a great comp. Yes. And I think ripped from the headlines, like I always say when we did that competition and we showed everyone, we were like, production value, honey. Yes. Like, look at our production value. We got a budget. We got a budget increase with the high ratings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So ripped from the headlines, I think was like, really took things to a whole nother level. So I was, I really loved that one. Yeah. All right, so our last thing we like to give out during these little podcasts is our PFP award for production's favorite player. Ooh. This is tough. Yeah. Because if we're to say that, ooh, if we're going to say that neither of the final two are eligible, if this was Big Brother and it's like America's favorite player... It's never somebody in the final two. Like they, or I guess it is Tyler won that one time, which is gross. <laughs> um, ooh, because it's for me. It's oh god, it's such a tie. It could go to Michelle. It could go to Carly. It could go to Rich. I would say Carly. Carly, just because it was such a surprise. Yeah, it was such a surprise. And and like I said, with the first one we gave out to Brett, if Carly was on TV, I feel like people would gravitate towards her mm-hmm. I think she's funny she's charming and to have somebody that's like walks in the front door if you were to look at the cast lined up you would go that girl's cannon fodder <laughs> that girl's gonna be the ditzy one that can't do anything and she completely is the opposite yeah she duped people she won competitions and she was super charming the entire time so I would say it's Carly I, sure, I'll second that. It's Carly with an honorable mention maybe to Michelle. But, um, but sure, Carly gets our PFP award. All right. So, that about wraps up our third episode of BYBB Rewind. Um, thank you for listening. This was one of, like I said, our best seasons. And stay tuned for our next one because... Which is our worst season! All stars! (laughs) Yes, I think it's one that many people are going to be interested in listening to, to find out... The truth behind the infamous and controversial All-Star season. So, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Bye.